Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast and episode 30. We are still walking through the importance of the decade series, and today I want to talk to you about year eight and what I learned in that year, two things that pop out, suffering and shepherding. Let's pray, ask for the Lord's help, and we'll get into it. Father, we just thank you for your grace and your mercy that's upon us. I hope we're having a good day today. I don't know what this listener is going through, but you do. And I don't know if it's a day that they're skipping through, excited about, or a day they're weeping through with their head in their hands. And wherever they're at, Lord Jesus, I just ask that you'd meet with them. And I pray that this time would be encouraging, challenging, um, and ultimately would point to you that these listeners would rest in your grace for them. Holy Spirit, I trust you're going to lead. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let me get a drink of my coffee. And we're ready to go. We are now in year eight of pastoral ministry, and we had been at this church now for two years, and our time at this older traditional church had been going very, very well. We had grown up in so many ways, Jordan and I both, in our marriage and in life and ministry. We had become parents at this church. There were so many wonderful things about this experience there. From the outside looking in, It would have been easy to say that Jordan and I were not a good fit for this church. It was a church that was in need of some revitalization over the long haul. But we really fit right in. God did a work there. It was wonderful. We still have dear friends there that we love. and So things were going good for a couple years. But as the transition began to become more and more apparent, some of the people who were a part of the church, who not necessarily didn't like us, but certainly didn't want the previous pastor to retire, began to be uncomfortable. And there was a pocket of 10 to possibly 15% of people that became upset. Well, this put everybody in a predicament. There were things going on behind the scenes that weren't said publicly, and just the typical shenanigans that can be at a church. There were really great things happening simultaneously, some really hard things happening and frustrating things happening. But things began to get more difficult, and pressure began to come, and things started to get told to Jordan and I that weren't told to the congregation, and there was just, I don't need to get in all the the gory details here, but I do want to, at the risk of maybe a few people hearing this that were somewhat a part of the situation, I want to be honest with you as I can without throwing people or a church under the bus, and that would not be right for me to do. But we were told certain things about timelines, and it, it was just a, a situation where we were not dealt with honestly. And things came to a head multiple times, actually, but one particular moment where a leader within the church sat down with me. Fortunately, there was a third party in there, and I had one of the most difficult conversations of my life, in which for about 20 to 30 minutes, I was absolutely ripped apart told how terrible I was, how much I hated old people, which is interesting because I've always loved and spent time with older people my whole life, how nobody likes my preaching, uh, how people weren't coming when they found out that I preached, how I wouldn't listen to anybody, and all this stuff. And I sat silently and just listened. 
And as I tried to repeat back what was going on, this gentleman proceeded to pound his head and say, you just can't get it through your thick skull. <laughs> now, I don't tell you this. I'm not trying to make you feel sorry for me, but I do for those who are going through situations like this where it feels like you're getting punked a little bit, where, you know, Ashton Kutcher's about to jump out of the corner and, you know, scream, gotcha. Situations where you're kind of looking around and wondering what on earth is going on here. It was horrific. Like I said, fortunately, we had a third-party person who's now co-pastor of the church that I'm a part of, that we get to pastor together. And it was just, it was terrible. It was just a really bad situation. Uh, my wife was lied to. It was just, it was not good. Okay, from all the wonderful, beautiful things that God did there and for the great people that are there, there were just some things that were really hard. And if you're in a traditional church and if you've gone through any gone through anything like that before, you know how, how painful, that, painful that could be, where it feels like the people who are supposed to have your back turn their back to you. Now, a couple things that I want to challenge you with if you're in a situation like that or if you're just in a place where you just continually get dumped on. You know, revitalization is kind of popular right now, and especially in the denomination that I'm part of, the Southern Baptist Convention. But here's what you got to know about revitalization. Revitalization, for it to truly work, it is a miracle from God. Most situations end up with pastors, multiple pastors, over several years, even decades, who get their teeth kicked in. It, that's what it, the reality of the situation is. It isn't just this walk in, everybody's great, mature, godly, older people, and, and great, there's a young crop of people now, and this perfect marriage happens between younger and older generations, and everybody holds hands and skips down the aisle and sings some songs together, you know, two traditional songs and two modern songs, and everybody's happy. Most of the time, if you go into this work, pastor, be ready, because you're looking at a decade of getting your teeth kicked in. That's just a part of it. If you're currently in situations where you don't trust the people you're talking with, you have to get third-party people in the room. That's the point that it got for me the last six months or last three months there. I had to have somebody in the room with me. And if you're in a situation like I was where you're told a bunch of things that are really painful, you need to, with everything in you, be able to evaluate what's being said to you. Don't just immediately react and be offended and hurt. Evaluate, are these things true? And if there's areas that you need to repent of, well, then repent of those areas that are being called out. And if those things are not true, you don't have to get into this introspection war with yourself where you're finding every nook and cranny and maybe I am maybe I am off in this. You'll drive yourself crazy. If it's not true, then reject it. And if the third-party person in there says, this is not true, if your wife says, this is not true, then reject it. You don't have to agree. It's not godly to agree about some area of your life that's not actually sin. That's not godly. That is embracing the lies of the enemy. And if you're in a situation that continues to be hostile and you're like, but I want to revitalize, I want to see God do a work, well, protect your family. Protect your family. You don't have to sacrifice your family and yourself. Just kill yourself, literally. Uh, not literally, hopefully, but I mean figuratively. Kill yourself You know, at this ministry post. Like I said, revitalization is a miracle from God. But what happens most of the time is pastors getting their teeth kicked in for almost a decade. It's just hard. It's hard work. It doesn't mean that people don't need to go do it. You need to. That was the first big lesson that I learned this year about suffering. Having a third party there, evaluating if there's any truth involved in the accusations coming my way, and then this third piece of protecting my family. We had to do something. We didn't know what yet, but we had to do something. Secondly, we learned about shepherding. But first, let me tell you about the Shepherd's Crook Intensive. You've been hearing me, if you're a regular listener, you've been hearing me talk about this 
multiple episodes now. There are 10 slots open for people to go. Actually, there's not 10 slots open anymore. There originally was, but there are some registration spots open, and I want to encourage you to go to the shepherdscrook.co, click on the intensive tab at the top, and look at everything that comes with this $175. Two and a half days at Current River, Missouri, beautiful setting in the hills with a beautiful river, and on a cabin with 10 guys talking about pastoral ministry. We'll get to sit around a fire, smoke some cigars if that's your thing, and I'll have food for you, provided for you, that you will have to cook. Uh, some good man food. We'll have some bacon and eggs and steaks and stuff like that. It'll be really good. You'll get some Shepherd's Crook swag. And I just, I want you to come. We'll get two float trips down the river as well. You, you, get, a lot of, you get a lot of bang for your buck. You know, you could go to a conference that's, you know, spend money on a hotel, food cost, registration cost, all of that. With this, you get 100 and 75 bucks, you get all this stuff. So go to the shepherdscrook.co and look under intensive. And uh, I encourage you to read that, fill that form out, register 175, and it should be a lot of fun. May 14th through the 16th of this year. Back to the show. The second big piece we learned in year eight was about shepherding. You know, you can learn a lot from good pastors and you kind of remember the good things that you want to repeat. It's kind of like with a good dad or a good mom. You remember those things that are really good and you want to repeat those things. But you can also learn from the negative. You know, I've talked about this multiple times before about trying to positively learn from the negative. Shepherding is like this too. Because if you go through a season of suffering at a church, you're going to learn a, a lot of things that you don't want to repeat. I will never put somebody in the situation that I was put in at this church ever. It's kind of like the, the, the flag is put into the ground never again. I will not make those mistakes that that pastor and those men made. It will not happen. By God's grace, I will not bring other people through that. I will not look at people in the eye and lie to them. I will tell them the truth. This is how it works. You learn from the positive and learn from the negative. We kind of had this two and a half years of, of, of learning from the positive for about two of those years and then learning from the negative for about six months. And all of these things when it comes to calling and pastoral priorities that I've talked to you about came during this time. We put a resume out at one particular time near the end of this. And Jordan, my wife, asked me, hey, what would it look like if we got this job? You know, if, if you go to this job and get this job at this, as a pastor of this church, what's it going to look at look like? And out came the rudimentary pastoral priorities. That's where the origins happened. I mean, that's where they were for those pastoral priorities. So all this was kind of coming together during this time of, of suffering and then learning to shepherd through suffering. And let me just encourage you, if you're there, Learn everything you can during that season that you're getting knocked out day in and day out. God is fathering you. He is not abandoning you. The enemy is not winning. Don't repeat the, the, the mistakes and the, the sins that are being committed against you. Just don't repeat them and just learn them. And then I'll be talking about this here soon. Sometimes the grass is greener on the other side. It is okay to pray through and begin to put out resumes or ask, God, what do you want from me? Do you want me to stay here and just keep? being in a terrible situation, and maybe that's the case. Maybe those people who are just terrible people, the thorn in your side and in everybody else's side, maybe they're about to kick the bucket, or maybe they're going to move on, or maybe God does a miracle in their life and they change their way. So pray and trust the Lord and learn everything you can during this season of suffering and become, by the grace of God, a better shepherd. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. 
You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.